0: I'm Kiara,
1: and I'm Ray, and welcome and back to Welcome yes to Black Yes Black
0: Girl. Girl. <laughs> for yeah. those that are new to us, Yes Black Girl is the digital space and interview series created for Black women by Black women. So stay with us for a while, and we hope that you leave feeling inspired. What it do, Ray?
1: I'm loving it. everything's everything's doing. Thank you. I'm loving your hair right now
0: beautiful yes. are you locking it up uh-huh. yes i love
1: that yeah That's i mean really most beautiful. of it like the roots aren't fully locked but like this part yeah i yeah it's
0: you can't even tell that they were twisted. i love it point. are you gonna yeah. do it in like a cute little like cut or are you just gonna let them grow
1: um so my hairstylist who cut my hair she cut it in layers because she wanted to do like a bob hairstyle on me and I needed to cut them did my ends was looking real scruffy um so right now it is kind of in a bob it is a bob um yeah so for now yes it's it's a little b-o-b what's your name so they call you yes
0: (laughs) okay I love that how are you I'm I'm good girl um I'm tired. And I don't even know why I'm tired. Like yesterday, I had the day off. But for some reason, I don't know. It's like even the days when you're resting, you're still doing a million things. That being said, I'm glad that it's Friday. And I'm planning on seeing a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a while. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, And just, you know, just having like a little mental break, I think. It's going to be good for me this weekend.
1: Yes, you deserve it.
0: Yeah. I mean we all do, child. <laughs> like it's crazy. Um I really want to go on vacation, but Girl. you know, hopefully soon. <sighs> yes. One of these days. One of these days. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead and get into our guest, because Miss Girl is already, you know, setting the bar and I'm I'm so excited for her. Today's guest is a senior journalism major, hailing from Fort Wayne, Indiana, and as a student journalist on track to graduate this spring, she has made it a point to make her mark within her campus community with positivity and perseverance at the forefront. She gracefully balances her leadership positions and academics with God at the center of it all. She's founder and CEO of King's Mindset Initiative, an organization dedicated to creating a safe space for young black men to come together and discuss their mental health disparities. She's also president of the online publication, Her Campus, Hampton U, president of the Hampton University chapter of the National Association of Black Journalists, corresponding secretary, of the Hampton University Midwest Pre-Alumni Council, and she is also a member of the Hampton University chapter of the NAACP. Listen, she she said I'm involved, okay? And most recently, Sherdell was granted with the opportunity to be selected as part of Bloomberg's HBCU Academy of Excellence, which afforded her the opportunities to tour the company's headquarters in New York City and receive a fast-track application for the company's news and media rotational program next summer. She also had the honor of serving as Miss Black Indiana USA 2022 and competed in the Miss Black USA pageant this past August. Let's give a warm, warm YBG welcome to Sherdell Baker. Thank, Thank you
2: guys so much for having me. Oh, you guys are A warm welcome. Thank you. Yes, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Um, I actually just came off from doing another pageant this past weekend. So I'm really just, yeah, there's nice. <laughs> been a lot going on um, in mm. preparation uh, in the midst of homecoming and then midterms after that. Really just trying mm-hmm. to find the balance in it all and trying to just be a good student. You know. Yes, it's hard on for those
0: days. Steve. OK. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a different time. Man. All right, yes. Okay, so we're going to get into the this or that portion of the show. (laughs) (laughs) uh, 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 All right, so the first one is Indiana or Virginia.
2: I'm going to have to say Virginia, only because I love people from the DMV. I think even though it can be a little rough around the edges, I think that (laughs) people from this area have just always made it a point to just really be embracing. I feel like Virginia is like right at the top of the South. So I still get that Mm. Southern love, that Southern comfort from being here.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure.
1: So the next one is the calf or takeout?
2: Ooh. It's (laughs) Y'all? Okay. Y'all, it's, <laughs> well, it's the cat food. Or... Okay, so I stay off campus now, so we don't. Uh, when you're off campus student, you have to. You're basically not part of the meal plan anymore. Um, but we've actually got a new president here at Hampton University, which has been doing an amazing job of getting us like some really good food. I just haven't been yeah. there yet. So they've been having like crab boils and
0: like soul food
2: Sunday. Uh, okay. well, right? The soul
0: food, food Sunday is good more, but.
2: Baby, if I could
0: crack me a crab, The calf. <laughs> yes. I
2: have not had the luxury of really? going yet. But everybody's been saying that it's really good. Um, so, I, And I've actually met the president like face-to-face person. He's so amazing. I think he's really doing a great job in his first year to really listen to the students and see what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. definitely excited to see what else he implements, even though I will be leaving soon. But I think mm-hmm. the next generation of students will really um, embrace him and feel the same.
0: Yeah, that's a hard thing to a hard pill to swallow when you see somebody finally coming in and making like the necessary changes yeah. and then on your way out. But it's also <laughs> so dope to see the evolution too, girl. Guess it's Man. so dope to see the evolution because it's like you know that they don't have to go through what you went through. But <laughs> <got it>. for, <laughs> like, for oh, sure, for sure, change is good. Change is good. Yes, it is. yes, yes. That's All right. How so how the next one, we? girl. BS, yes, you really. They have made a whole 180, and it's like, wait a second. So many changes, (laughs) like. Yes, that's what we meant. Yeah, 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 we were broadcast majors. Yes, it's really full circle, man. It really Mm -hmm. is. No, really, yeah, because we started um,
1: a radio project that it was a project that we had to do for um, was that radio production class?
0: I think it was. Yeah
1: yeah and we had a show called vigorous and black so (laughs) yeah so this is kind of like a spinoff to that yeah yeah Yeah.
0: Um, we love hbc okay it's a different different life different 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 (laughs) energy (laughs) um all right so the next one is morning classes or evening classes oh
2: definitely morning without hesitation Mm -hmm. um I have one evening class now and i'm still struggling and it's like week six or seven <laughs> um, i'm a big morning person i love to get my academic life out of the way first so i can have the rest of my afternoon and evening to handle my business within my campus organizations and even just yes. for myself there um again just finding the balance trying to make sure that it's all <laughs> running um so yes. definitely
0: more I feel you on that. I definitely am a morning class person too. And I don't like getting up, but I will because you're right. You have the rest of your day and yeah. it just, it gives you that extra time. It's like, okay, I'm done with everything. I used to hate when everybody else would be going to their late classes. I'm like, damn, what's, where y'all at? That was me. <laughs> no for the day. <laughs> I was <laughs> not in morning class. I was not
1: yeah. a morning class, girl. I started class. Ooh. The earliest I would want to start was 11, but I did have some classes around like eight or nine
0: earlier yeah, nine on. was the one for me mm. love me a good nine o'clock class hated it <clears> but <throat> i made it through so we're here yeah, now okay yes
1: okay so the next one is homecoming or march madness oh
2: homecoming
0: <laughs> mm.
2: um i know hampton is going through some changes right now with homecoming um i think he, as i'm looking into my senior year and looking back at just the other homecomings that we've had it's always been an amazing experience for me Obviously everybody loves March March Madness and just Spring Fest that we have here at Hampton. Um mm-hmm. it's something about homecoming, something about the fall, something about the fit, the energy. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of my friends, well not a lot, but some are actually graduating um, like this fall. So they won't be here in the spring. So I'm, I'm
0: Oh, okay. It's not even gonna be yeah. the same. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely Yeah, homecoming is a whole vibe. And it's like getting to see all the alumni come back. There's so many different Mm -hmm. events. March Madness, I love because of basketball. I love basketball, but Mm -hmm. it's like outside of that, it's really homecoming Um, (laughs) hands (laughs) down. All right, the last one is lifestyle content or social political content? Lifestyle, for
2: sure. Mm. Um, I'm very big into understanding what's going on. So my awareness, socially and politically. But when I'm actually writing and I'm doing different um, stories and coverage, I always kind of gravitate towards lifestyle because I feel like, I guess for me personally, as a Black woman, I'm always trying to give knowledge and kind of gain my own knowledge on how to make my life as best as possible. <laughs> yeah. So like the whole trends when it comes to, you know, living a soft life or more about femininity, I think I kind of gravitate towards those things. I'm always trying to make myself the best version of myself as much as possible. Um, which is no real definition to that. It's kind of personally defined to me, but I think as I'm studying, evolving and studying, learning more about myself, I'm seeing who I actually wanna be in society and how I wanna be.
0: That's beautiful, I love that. Yes.
1: Okay, Okay, so we're gonna um, hop into the questions now. So we're gonna talk about your work with Her Campus. Um, So what steps did you take to become president and what inspired you to pursue journalism?
0: So first of all shout out to Her Campus Hampton
2: U. I love my chapter. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How I actually got involved with Her Campus uh, and the steps that I took to become president was first actually becoming a member. Um, Her Campus is actually the first organization that I joined here while being a freshman at Hampton Um, and even I joined before I actually became a student Um, so I thought they were having applications and they didn't like they said okay what's your classification. I put freshman since I knew I was going to Hampton (laughs) I hadn't actually stepped foot on the campus yet <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was in like, group like me with everybody like listening and interacting but I wasn't like writing it and that was really like the sheer factor of just I want to be involved I want to be able to find my people um mm-hmm. and her was that for me I never felt uncomfortable I never felt you know you're trying to meet new people and it's kind of like I don't know like they really made me feel welcome um I had amazing editors at the time who really pushed me outside of my scope of writing to kind of get me to where I'm at today and just again the network that I've been able to build um and seeing how they really pushed me to just be great um so going from a member then I was on the e-board now I'm president well vice president and now president um it was just never-ending grind and I think having those women believe in me and seeing my talent early on like I still didn't mm. contact with alumni of the organization today. Like I literally was just texted them like, are y'all coming to homecoming? Like, are we gonna be oh, able to do this? Are we gonna be able to do that? Like, I'm really big on that community and that no- network because it gave me so much. Um, some of my greatest memories from freshman year are with her campus. So I'm just hoping that myself as president, I'm able to do that and really give that to the members that are here now, especially with the pandemic, a lot of them didn't get the full, fe- full effect, excuse me, of what the organization actually is and what it stands for. So I'm hoping that by presidency, I'm able to push that a little bit more. Um, And I'm just really excited to see where the semester and the school year takes me. Not even just for me, but again, for the members, for the e-board. A lot of the girls who started with me in her campus are now seniors along with me. So they've been through the journey with me and kind of seeing their growth, my growth, how we're kind of just slowly closing this chapter. I think it's such a beautiful thing that I've been able to just be a part of.
0: That's amazing. I love that.
2: career I'm sorry yes no you're fine um how I got started into journalism was just always wanting to storytell um I never was really a news person I just always loved writing so like all throughout elementary middle school high school I was always like getting straight A's in English when everybody else had to write like long articles and they hated it I always loved it I was always like the first person done Mm -hmm. Like everything I just always I loved writing I loved just be able to speak my mind and really convey my voice um and initially i wanted to be an author and i still don't know really how this happened but going on google and trying to do research i was under the impression that authors did not make money um and i don't really know Oh, why. girl they be yeah making money. <laughs> now i see but mm-hmm. at the time for whatever reason um it was just like i wasn't seeing um I don't know it was just weird but i mean this was like years ago yeah, so,
0: to keep really
2: honestly maybe google was just against me
0: that day i don't know
2: yeah instead <laughs> <laughs> my kind of was just researching what other I could allowed me to write and kind of again speak my voice and that was journalism so after me doing research um my junior and senior year um eventually learning more about hbcus as well i was able to kind of put the two together and make a beautiful marriage <laughs> that is now the mm-hmm. my journalism career um, and I've loved it ever since I think I've really been able to define the type of journalist I want to be um, so initially I wanted mm-hmm. to be a reporter I wanted to be I wanted to be in the storm I wanted to be like at the news <laughs> like you know like really want to get mm-hmm. involved and I think <clears throat> from hearing different people's stories about their careers I realized that maybe that's not what I want um Maybe something that's slower pace could be better for me. Because journalism, as you both know, is very fast paced. You really have to be on top mm-hmm. of me. You don't have a whole lot of time for friends, family, sometimes even relationships. And I think mm-hmm. even now, <laughs> as a college student, I'm trying to make it all work. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so for me, I think trying to really create the lifestyle that I want while being in the field of work that I want to be in is something that's really important to me. And that's what I've been trying to kind of figure out now.
0: That's good that yeah. you're starting to see that now because it's definitely yes. once you, you, yeah. Because <laughs> oh I was I just love, gonna love, say, love for you.
1: um, yeah, like having connections in this industry is really the number one thing. Because if you don't mm-hmm. know nobody, you will probably not get a job or any opportunity unless you create it for yourself, which yeah. it's possible to do now. But it's easier when right. you have all these connections.
0: Personally, sure. mm-hmm. yeah, you're in a very very good space. Yes. Um. All right. So moving on, you've also worked with Essence uh, Girl United, Girls United. What does it mean for you to write for and be a part of that space?
2: So for me, writing for Essence Girls United means everything. Honestly, um, and I think even sometimes I still have to pinch myself like, oh yeah, like I'm doing my dream job. I remember last year I made a Digital vision board of what I wanted to do, and I had Essence on there for so long, and literally got the opportunity to write with them in like December, and I was actually writing for them by January. So mm. that just goes to show: please believe in yourself. Please push yourself. Um, yeah. And I didn't necessarily know how I was going to get to Essence. I just knew I was going to get there. Um, on mm. top of being in a mentorship program that actually connected me with the editor in chief at the time, or
0: excuse me, deputy editor.
2: Yeah, like it was just God was just working. And I okay. think I just had to, again, be patient and just kind of stand firm on the fact that I know that God's going to give me the de- desires of my heart if I'm just obedient to the plan that he has for me and really listening. That's so much mm-hmm. <laughs> that
0: yeah. really helps.
2: Um, But again, for me, Essence has always been a dream. It's always been a goal. Um, I've always admired the publication and just their overall love and affinity for Black women being able to not, well, not even just black women, but I think black people as a whole, just showcasing our culture in such a grand way. I've always admired that. And I've always Mm -hmm. tried to figure out how can I contribute as well? So writing for the publication now is definitely so full circle for me. I absolutely love um, the team that I'm working with right now. I think they really do a great job of, again, pushing me, similar to her campus, pushing me as far as like, outside of my comfort zone with my writing um, sometimes mm-hmm. as a writer, I know you can get comfortable in writing about the same thing, so yeah. I'm to make my portfolio as, as diverse as possible and that I'm still growing in my career.
0: Thanks. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, no, honestly, something about journalism, especially... When you're writing, when it's print or digital journalism, you know that you're gonna have that longevity because the landscape of the world is constantly changing, and it doesn't matter what the content is about. There's always gonna be something that we need to know about, um, and it's amazing that you're already on that track and you're kind of moving around um, the way that you are. Because maybe by the time you, man, <laughs> about five years, When you get <laughs> you be our running age, things, baby, listen, gonna be running things, and I yeah. love it. I pray, pray so. you. I pray You will be. You will. Yes, we speaking it right now. We already putting it in there. Nice.
1: <laughs> so, as you stated earlier, you attend Hampton University. Um, yes. Did you always know that you wanted to attend an HBCU, and what was the inspiration behind that?
2: I did know I always wanted to attend a HBCU. I think for me growing up in Indiana, which I wasn't born in Indiana. I was born in Michigan. So that transition was already something in and of itself, uh, but growing mm-hmm. up in Indiana in like late elementary, early middle school, I was always the only black girl in my classes. And I, mm-hmm. it wasn't really until I got older, the psychological impact that that had on me to not see myself represented and constantly second guessing myself. and Almost really like the flip side of it, as far as when I did interact with black girls and just the oh, you speak like a white girl, and the Mm. really looking back, haterade, honestly. Yes,
0: um,
2: my hair, how I dress, um, how I conducted myself because I was even at the top of my classes and a lot of the um separation from being in higher level classes in comparison to the black girls in my school. Um, and I think. Even though at the time it was like, oh my gosh, why does everybody hate me? I think (laughs) looking back now, I can see just how they may have felt some level of intimidation, Um, and I guess how I could have combated it better. But I think again, going back to the notion of I just always wanted to go to one. I felt like there was just something at an HBCU that I needed. I didn't know what it was at the time, but Mm. I just knew something there that I needed to receive in my journey. Something that was really going to push me to be greater, Um, because I had offers from schools that were, you know. PWIs and in Indiana and you know in the Midwest and I just it wasn't pulling me and I think even mm-hmm. once I had, um, which is so funny um in high school I told my guidance counselor like I'm not gonna be here I'm not planning to stay and she was pushing me so hard to have a backup plan and to basically kind of discourage me from even going to HBCU like oh like are you sure you're doing that money? did the same yeah like. You know, it's a lot of money and um, you will really just benefit more from going here. Mm-hmm. And I am literally to this day so grateful that I did not listen to her. Because if mm-hmm. I was, I would not have the opportunities that I have right now. I wouldn't have had the self growth that I have right now. The confidence as a black woman to be, you know, standing firm on firm on what I believe in and who I truly mm-hmm. am as a person. Um, and not that I don't still love Indiana, but it was literally just like, there was just things. And I see the difference between people and people have stayed there and in myself. Some people have even told me how I went to school with, like, I should have listened to you, like, I should have went to HBCU. I'm like, i trying to tell you, like, and I was telling people in high school, like, you know, you need to go try to do this, try to do that. Even if it wasn't Hampton, just, right. just experience, even if you go for a year and transfer, just the experience mm-hmm. to be the majority, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Just for,
0: that, yep.
2: for this time period of your life is so vital. I feel like people still don't get it, but mm-hmm isn't meant to be understood, so that's okay. <laughs> um <laughs> I think, I'm just grateful for my HBCU experience. But I think overall the inspiration was just wanting to try something new, wanting to be in an environment where I could truly not that I wasn't growing, but grow in a new way. Let me put it like yeah. that. growing in mm-hmm. a way that was different from what I was already exposed to. Um and I only actually had one person in my family who went to an HBCU. Um because a lot mm-hmm. of I didn't come from a strong college background. I think my mom was the first out of seven, seven of them first out of seven siblings to even go to college, period. So Mm. that already in and of itself, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't have a whole lot to reference. It was just me. And I think now that I'm getting older and I've done a lot of these things, I can set the precedent for the generations coming after me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm
1: And I find that more or at least... I know personally a lot of people who said they didn't want to go to an HBCU because they didn't feel like it was diverse and they didn't want to be around all these Black people. And I'm like, why do you don't want to be around us? Like we're not. But it's also um,
2: super
0: diverse. It is Black people from all over the fucking world. Like it's amazing. We're not so many different cultures in one place. No, we're not. And yeah, everybody has different interests. Like that's the beauty of it. Is like you may grow up in seeing one type of Black person. And then you get to an HBCU, and it's like wow like i didn't know all of this was here and you learn so much mm-hmm. about yourself you learn what else you may like like it's it's a beautiful beautiful experience and so many people just miss out and sad but i also relate to you on the the guidance counselor that's hating and don't want to see you actually prosper and get beyond like girl um, that's like a very common theme. You're not, it's so many people who have talked about that same thing. And I'm, that actually needs to be looked into. <laughs> what's up with the guidance <laughs> counselor trying to exactly. keep black kids from going away to college? Like, what's up with that? Um, but I love that you listened to yourself and you still went over, that, went after that. That's amazing. And, look, you know, look at you now. Imagine how you went to that, P, that PWI. It's like, who would we be if we didn't go to the Asian community? Exactly. And
2: I actually oh, did go terrible. visit my high school. like I want to say June? It's July. I went to go back and speak at my high school when I was in my reign as Miss Black Indiana. And I went with my guidance counselor and my principal. Um, She was just so happy for me and so proud of me and all this stuff. I'm just like, you literally were telling me not to go to this school.
0: But exactly. it's okay. I'm
2: glad I can be the example. Um, yes. And even talking to the younger girls who were at my um, alma mater my high school i think that was even full circle for me too to be able just to pour into them about my hbcu experience and kind of how to navigate that school and how to kind of just make yourself stand out and really be confident in yourself and i still keep in contact with some of the girls now so i'm just grateful gratefulness is really like the theme overall in my life right now um but yeah i just think and i think me doing that by going to hbcu and setting a new president i think That is what kind of stood out to my guidance counselor and even to like the staff at my school for them to see like, oh, well, like she did it and she didn't fail. So maybe this is an option Mm -hmm. that we should consider, you know, so i try not to think of it as an or like she was trying to put me down or trying to make me feel bad about what I wanted to do. I think it may have just been um, they're going to go only based on what they know
1: right yeah they weren't informed because there's already not enough information about hbcus and we already don't get enough funding for programs so people think that they're not legit as pwis which that's Mm -hmm.
0: false
2: especially in the midwest i feel like there's not enough HBCU exposure at all we're working on that though we're working on that Mm -hmm. but it could definitely be a lot better
1: Yes. So when it comes to being so involved on your campus, what are a few things you do for your mental health and self-care? Because I know being on an HBCU campus is so different, um, especially when it comes to your mental health.
2: Yes, for sure. So as you all know, I'm big in the mental health space. I absolutely love just being able to, again, pour into people, really be able to speak to them and just kind of be encouraging. So I pretty much do the same in my own life. Um, I always write myself affirmations. I say my affirmations weekly, more, more than likely daily, but I try to go for weekly because y'all know am running around. <laughs> we can get a little busy, um, but definitely affirmations. I always start my, my day in prayer and meditation before I even get out of bed, before I even really touch my phone. I'm just starting my day in that peace, that serenity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I'm going throughout my week, I try to incorporate more things into my bodily routine. So whether I'm taking a bath or shower, you know, Doing more with my products and being intentional about my skincare, um, really trying to just make it as intentional as possible, I think. And it varies. That's why I guess I don't necessarily have a specific thing that I do other than like the prayer, the meditation, the affirmation. Uh-huh. Um, I change it all the time based upon you know, what I'm doing, how much time I have. Is it seasonally going to work out? Because, you know, it's a little bit colder now. Um, yes. I'm constantly kind of changing my routine so I don't get in the habit of making it too comfortable let's say um mm. other than those things i love reading like self-help books those really help me with my self-care to kind of help me um unwind i think right now i'm reading um all about love by bell hooks so mm. which is an amazing book um i love being able to just read black literature as a whole but i'm trying to just consistently make it work for me if that makes sense um and sometimes what may work one may not work the next monday You know what i mean sometimes
1: changing it yes your best looks different every day it
0: does (laughs) so speaking of mental health you are the founder of an organization that is dedicated to supporting black men's mental health uh the king's mindset initiative there's many narratives that are hurtful to black men on the internet how does this organization combat those harmful narratives
2: so i started king's mindset with the intention of trying to ensure that a space was created. I never, and my team knows this, so shout out to KMI. Um, I've made it a point to take myself out of the equation as much as possible. Even though I'm the founder, even though I'm the CEO, even though I'm over it and I'm spearheading it, I've always given it to my team to take the reins when it comes to actually speaking, running a meeting. Um, even with like certain intimate sessions, I'm not there. I leave it to my team to really Build those connections with people who may try to come in contact with the organization and ensuring that they have that level of comfortability because i am a woman i don't necessarily know what a man is thinking all the time my goal was just to provide the space and provide you know maybe the ideas things and kind of come together so i really wanted them to feel as though it is theirs too but i started it in january of 2021 so it'll be uh what well, has been a year now so it'll be too soon wow um I started in the midst of the pandemic and with that I really just wanted to I was just seeing a lot um outside of you know the whole George Floyd um situation and even just um seeing the mass incarceration of black men um and specifically mm-hmm. going back a little bit further to the Khalif Broder story if you guys are familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um learning more about his story is really that's really what like sold it for me. Um the mental changes that he was really going through within his psyche being in bondage. I think a lot of men go through that and they're not even behind bars. I think Mm -hmm. for me, it was about how can I make this a thing? How can I be of service to my community to black men? And that's how King's Mindset kind of birthed itself. Um, And how we specifically kind of do this again is through our events that we have. I think one of my favorite events that we've done is called the Black Fatherhood Summit. Um, basically, to having a panel of black fathers kind of come together and speak about their experiences as a father, being a son, um, even for the women who may have attended, how can I be a better mother or a better sister or a better um, partner to my man, you know what I'm saying, in a mental health aspect, I actually do. So for me, that was one of my favorite events that we did. Um, we have did some other ones, but I think um, by a lot of my team being college students, we did have to slow down a little bit. Um, And trying to figure out everybody's schedule and life changes and things like that. So I am hoping to bring it back this fall. Um, And definitely uh, prior to me graduating, even though I am a college student right now, I didn't want it to be just at my school. I wanted to take it further than that. I'm doing a lot more on the back end when it comes to like the legality of it all, making sure that we're protected when it comes to copyright, making sure that, you know, I'm making the right connection on the back end because people still know it exists. It's just about how can I make it new and inventive now since we have taken a small break
0: yeah that's amazing you're um, so great wow yeah, you are. you're it. welcome um but it's amazing like that you've created that space and you're right there's not a lot of stuff out there for black men when it comes to their sure. mental health it's like they really get left out of the conversation and sometimes i feel like they be needing it the most yes. um and so that's that's amazing and i do i hope that you can continue to grow it whether it's being on other campuses or just going beyond campuses because they need it outside of that too. Yeah. Um. And for you to be doing that, girl, come on, now. you, <laughs> you are that girl for real, and I love it. Yes. 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 <laughs> because
1: looking back, when I, how old are you? Are you twenty? I'm twenty one. <laughs> twenty one. Wow. What was twenty one year old real like? She was not doing all this. But um, yeah, we're proud of you because. Mm-hmm. It, it, this is a lot,
2: and more to come. More to come. I, don't, yes. I definitely, I, don't, yes. I can't take credit for all of it. God has really blessed me with the opportunities that I have right now, just to give me the vision um, from KMI and even before that, like becoming president of her campus, her campus, going through this journey of being at Hampton, and just everything that I've went through because it hasn't always been pretty. I'm going to be transparent. <laughs>
0: we went through mm-hmm. a lot of changes,
2: um, just in life and loss, and I think that's what i've been learning about my journey that it doesn't have to be perfect um and i really have to say so in my story i don't know why i felt like i didn't but i think it was mm-hmm. just society making me feel like i didn't know what i was doing or just oh well this is wrong because you're not doing this like no i'm actually in control of my life yeah. <laughs> um mm-hmm. i have the final i mean i have final say so but after God, I have the final say. So and I think even becoming a legal adult, you know, staying on my own in my, you know, my own apartment, my own place, being outside of the ruling of, you know, my parents, my grandparents, mm-hmm. I, it's now all on me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I am think that I have to trust my own decisions first before anybody else in the world. Can trust
1: my yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, it's good that you're trusting your intuition now because
0: yes. you are,
1: you have already have a foundation set, so. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take
0: you very, very far. You're welcome.
1: So you kind of already, this is a two-part question. You kind of already answered the first question, but it was, what was the process like for starting the initiative and were people receptive when you
2: first presented it? So (laughs) it was definitely a process. Um, It took me, God gave me the vision for it. I want to say like, Two three months prior, I have to actually look back in my notebook to see. But he gave me the vision for it like months prior to me even launching it. Um, and the hardest part was somehow coming up with the name. <laughs> um, I had the outline. I knew what people I wanted to work with me. I had it all figured out. It was just the name. But I remember, I'm just in the shower thinking like, what can I do? Because a lot of there are some organizations out there that are catered to just black men, but I wanted mine to stand out in a particular way. I just, mm. I knew I wanted to do something with a crown or a king, but I just couldn't put it together. And I remember being in the shower and I just had like this huge epiphany, and I called my best friend, like, oh my God, this is it. <laughs>
0: That's
2: it. Do we do that? And we have to do this. And she's like, uh, okay. <laughs>
0: so we
2: actually put it together because she was working with me on my initiative. She was basically like my personal assistant in a way, as I was kind of getting it off the ground. But shout out to her, too, my best friend, Zaya. Um, Really instrumental in the launching of my actual organization and being able to just believe in me as a friend and really pushing me. There's a lot of times, especially working with the all male team, where I was really like, "What's going on?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes, working with all male struggle. <laughs> um, I love them too, so I'm just grateful. Um, again, for the of people who you know started the journey with me, maybe had to leave, maybe still were able to stay. Just even people who were just interested who came to my events, just really believing in me. I didn't necessarily have a problem with that. Um, I did have somebody ask me, though, um, how, not necessarily why did I care, but <clears throat> excuse me, how was I going to do it in being a female overall, male organization, um, which I didn't necessarily took it offensively, but I think my team took it offensively when I told them, mm. <laughs> uh, because they know me and they know how passionate I am about this, but I just simply mm. answered it as, this is my passion, this is what I want to do, um, I've never made the organization about me, I've always, like, Really, at a lot of events, you will only probably see me maybe for 10 or 15 seconds. <laughs> like, I've mm-hmm. always given it to my team. I've always allowed the Black man who worked with me to have a voice and to speak. Again, even though this is, like, my idea, my vision, I've always given them the floor. I've never, um, I don't know, I just never made it about me because so I never wanted it to be about me. Um, yeah. And I've seen that is why they respected me a lot more because i'm always asking them their opinions i'm always asking them you know how they feel about an idea i want them to feel like this is their space too because it is for them mm. not. um yeah i'm literally the visionary i'm just the person who god chose to execute this um and i'm now choosing y'all to help me fulfill it so <laughs> that was really um the overall vision with that i think by people knowing me, that is not wasn't a personal gain thing. I think that was where a lot of the support came from, and the backing came from, and the actual attendance of. Because initially, when I was telling people about it, they're like, "Oh yeah, I love this." Um, <laughs> but of course, getting people to show up is totally different. So I think when people mm. actually take seriously and being consistent is what really helped set me apart from a lot of different organizations a lot of people who are just having startups and that's why i'm really taking my time with bringing it back to make sure that it is 100 together i'm having the right people working with me that i can be as consistent as possible because i do want to make sure this is reaching the masses like my target age group is 15 to 25 um for young black boys so that's literally the beginning of high school to the end of college um, mm-hmm. It's a very vital point for everybody, but especially young Black men that transition from teenagehood to manhood. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
2: Idol is so important. So I'm really trying to be as strategic as possible to put this together before we come back. <laughs>
0: yes. it's amazing. All right. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. What is one thing that you're concerned about when it comes to post-grad living?
2: Where I'm going to live. <laughs> mm. Quite honestly, um for me, okay, where I'm going to live and getting my masters or not. Um I've been in communication with people a lot on getting my master's degree in journalism or going Ooh. and getting like an MBA or like an MFA, different things like that. So that's um the primary issue. I think that will determine a lot of where I may stay. Um and I think overall just your location makes a difference in your career as a whole. Um mm. As you both know, again, working in media, some areas are better to work in than others. So trying to determine what's going to be the most cost effective and what's going to truly help me grow professionally is what will really determine a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not so much as concerned with the job. I feel like I've made a strong enough impact in networking and working for Essence. Now I know a decent amount of people. uh, So Mm -hmm. I'm not as concerned about the job itself, or even like with Bloomberg. I have the network now and the tools that I need to actually be okay. It's just, yeah. okay, get our masters and where are we going to stay? Those are like the main two. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like everybody so different with that. Like A lot of people are concerned about the opposite because <laughs> a lot mm-hmm. of people are going back home and staying with their parents again or being in their hometown and I really don't. Um, yeah, girl.
0: I do you gotta out. You gotta go. <laughs> I never really. Yes, you know, keep flying.
2: Yeah, like all of my family is from Detroit, so I have thought about moving back to Detroit. um, It's a really good media market, but I'm just not feeling, in general, I still don't feel that pull. Like, I feel like, I I just don't see myself being, at least not right away, I don't see myself moving back to the Midwest, unless it's something Mm -hmm. very drastic, um, Mm -hmm. at least for those first couple of
0: years. Yeah, completely understand it. I... One hundred percent agree. Keep on flying, go elsewhere, because that's gonna further push you, and you're gonna further those network, you know that that connection.
1: So um, you've mentioned wanting to create your own magazine. Um, is that something you like to pursue post graduation, or are you is that already in the works?
2: Um, not yet. <laughs> um, I do similar to my story with KMI. Um, God kind of gave me the vision on how I wanted to do it, and that was oh my gosh. Like 2018, I had the vision to get my own magazine and kind of spearhead it. So I have all of it planned out. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. It's just
2: waiting for God to give me the go-ahead, um, and that's why I'm really, you know, working with Essence and working with other magazine publications. To really put my name and stuff out there so that I can really navigate it in the best way possible. Um, I can see myself doing that probably early 30s. I want to say um you know after hmm. getting my masters, after kind of working in the industry a little bit longer um seeing where i'm at professionally and you know how my network has expanded even more um i can see it being a well, how
0: do you call it? i
2: don't know like you know how people work a job for so long and they like leave and do their own thing like, i feel like it's one of those things like i know okay. i'm gonna leave. it's just like i don't want to say retirement plan either but like one of those where it's like, I know this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my career. Right. Right. Yeah, that's
1: it's awesome. just another chapter in your life that you're yeah, another chapter. looking forward to.
0: I just don't yeah. know what number we get. <laughs> right, that's yeah. Okay. You already have a plan, and that's what matters. So by yeah. the time it happens, yeah. you'll have all the tools that you need to make it great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Um, So who or what inspires you to get into pageantry?
2: Um, I don't really think it was a specific person. I think, well, okay, prior to me um, participating in pageants, I really wanted to be a debutante, but Ooh. I did not have the finances in high school to be a debutante and go to prom. <laughs> so my mom was basically like one or the other, and I didn't want to not go to senior prom. So, <laughs> I don't know, black mom was kind of black. Okay, you gotta, you yeah. know, yeah. I yes. <laughs> And I don't want to say I regret it, but I went to junior and senior prom, so I really could have did without going to prom senior year, but Mm -hmm. I guess it's just... You don't think
0: about it at that time.
2: Yeah, Yeah. like Mm -hmm. I could have did without actually going, um, but I really wanted to be a debut at the time, and I just kind of held on to the mindset of, okay, what can I do that's similar to that? Um, I Mm -hmm. participated in my school's Miss Black and Gold pageant over the pandemic, and I absolutely loved Mm -hmm. it. I was really just trying to find another, I don't know, um, but I really was just trying to find another way that I can be um, involved in pageantry uh, and that's kind of how I got introduced to Miss Black USA um, and that pageant system and kind of all the amazingness that comes with black girl magic and confidence and things like that. Um, and even in being Miss Black Indiana, I think even though I didn't have somebody specifically influence me, I would hope that I was influenced for other young black girls, even girls in general. There was a lot of um, young ladies who I had met young and old, you know, really trying to, you know, figure out, okay, well, how can I get involved and what do I need to do? And what did you do um, to really help, you know, get to where you are right now? So yeah, it wasn't a specific person. I think it was just me missing an opportunity and trying to find another opportunity (laughs) um, to really do it. But there are still pageant girls that I look up to like Deshauna Barber and um chesley chris um a lot of the primarily black um pageant title holders and kind of what they've been able to achieve and what they've done um uh, mm-hmm. has really been inspirational to me i follow like a whole bunch of black girl pageant pages now which is so even just amazing that those are even created because the yeah. industry is still not as diverse mm-hmm. <laughs> they think um
0: so yeah I hope that kind of answers the, <laughs> the question Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So what was the process like becoming Miss Black Indiana USA and what did your timeline look like to prepare for that?
2: So I officially became Miss Black Indiana in December of last year Um, and that whole process because Indiana is a smaller state let's say of pageantry and within that system I didn't actually have a competition prior to me getting my title. So I was what's called an at-large delegate, which is basically where you were interviewed into the position and go through a series of things on that end um, to be in the role. So I didn't actually compete, even though
0: a lot of people thought I did. Like I didn't.
2: (laughs) I I actually interviewed into the role. um, And again, just went through a series of different things and that paperwork, um, legality things, things of that nature. Um, The actual process started in January um, I hired a coach her name is Ivy Stubbs of Crown and Kisses and consulting I absolutely love her um and is based out of Indiana so that was a whole different thing too so the hardest part about me being Miss Black Indiana was the fact that I was still in school I was here in Virginia even though I was Miss Black Indiana and I only spent two months of my reign in the state that I was representing <laughs> so I didn't oh even God. go home um yeah, so I didn't even go home until after classes was over. So I was only in Indiana for, some of May, and then June and July I had to be back in the DMV to compete for Miss Black USA. That was really hard. Um, a lot of my page sisters had the advantage of being in their home state, nice to being able to connect with their community, you know, face to face, do speaking um, engagements and do appearances, and I mm-hmm. couldn't do that. Um, so that was really a struggle. I still was able to do certain things virtually, but. I think at that point in time, the pandemic, I don't want to say it was dying, but like towards the end, like by the time I was kind of getting out of school, a lot of the virtual things were kind of dying. So it was Mm -hmm. kind of like a virtual event. It was like, okay, that's cool, but still want to kind of see you. Um, And yeah, just those couple months when I was um, in Indiana, I really had to hit the ground running with going here, going there, speaking here, talking here out here, like and still practicing with my coach face to face but I was having virtual practices with her as well. Um, mm. which was a lot too. Um yeah. there's just some things that you just can't learn over a computer screen, and I just yeah. learned that with pageantry. Um, she was really flexible with me and really great. Um, I'm just grateful. But the process was definitely wow. long. <laughs> um, no. I think it was it was less about me getting the Role in the title, and more about okay, now that you have it, how are we going to prepare for the actual competition?
0: Mm. Got you. Is this something that you think you want to continue doing?
2: I do. Um, I love pageantry now. Um, <laughs> I just competed in another one. Um, I competed in my school's Miss Hampton University pageant. Um, even though mm-hmm. I didn't win, I just feel as though the scoring was very fair. I think I really was able to build a stronger relationship with the girls who I already knew who were in it. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'll do another pageant this year.
0: Um <laughs>
2: but, like, I'm kind of on a roll now, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, the actual age cutoff for a lot of pageant systems is like 25, 26, something like that. So I don't have that much time. Um so mm-hmm. if I'm gonna do it, it has to be like kind of soon. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Gotcha.
1: Am I the next one? Or-
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: i'm sorry (laughs) uh can you tell us your experience with bloomberg's hbcu academy of excellence
2: i can so as i mentioned earlier um, when we were kind of talking about you know your network and really building that trying to make sure that you are pushing yourself in the media industry um i received the bloomberg hbcu academy of of excellence opportunity through linkedin actually um i think that was just for me kind of i don't know putting certain buzzwords on my um, account i don't really know how this how the recruiter found me i really don't i'm not gonna lie um i don't know how the recruiter found me but somehow <laughs> he found me and he messaged me on linkedin um and i honestly thought it was fake i'm not gonna lie because <laughs> you know, of how it was tight like when you randomly come to somebody saying that's an all expense paid trip mm-hmm. to go to new york and to do xyz like you're gonna side eye it um but yes. i did check out and I, I found out it was legit. So I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is actually kind of cool. Um, and a lot of people don't know about the program. I don't necessarily know why. It's not necessarily more prevalent, but I think they just started it over the past maybe four to five years, maybe longer than that. So it's still fairly new. Um, mm-hmm. But I did apply to be a part of the program and I did get accepted, so that was pretty cool. Um, And in doing so, I think... I had an amazing time with the company. I love the actual company culture. Um, The staff was really amazing. I don't know. I think for me, I could tell that everything was very genuine. Uh, I can't speak for New York itself, but the company, (laughs) Bluebird, is very genuine. Um, And the staff is very diverse. Um, Not even just with um, race, but also sexual orientation and representation as far as um, identity and things like that. I really met a lot of different types of people. And I think it was really inspirational to me to have a company that was really embracing um, all different types of people and making it known that you know, you're safe here, you are you can be comfortable here. Um, and one thing specifically that they did that I really liked that I didn't really know is that um, there are no job titles there per se. Mm-hmm. So everybody works for a specific department. And obviously like, you'll know within that mm-hmm. department like in charge but there's not a specific title because they're trying to make it as inclusive possible, inclusive inclusive as possible excuse me trying to make it as open as possible and also nobody has like a closed office like even Michael Mm -hmm. Bloomberg like office in the midst of everybody else and he's the owner Mm -hmm. and that really stood out to me too you know like to make it so that body is as equal and on the same level and feels comfortable so that was really cool too like just to like go up to the owner and like ask him a question like you know just the little things mm-hmm. like things that you don't really think about when working for a big corporation like that and i think mm-hmm. um overall thing and being there with hBC students are really met of an amazing group of people um like i can say all of them they
0: know who they are
2: um are really <laughs> built a strong um foundation with a lot of great people um some of them working in media some of them working and some of them even in engineering like people who i would have never met had i not you know taken a leap of faith and just you know applied or i could have mm-hmm. easily just said, Oh no, i'm not going to do it like new york City bar or, you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i could have you know counted myself out but there was just blessings for me there and being that opportunity and i have the potential to work with me. so you never know
0: beautiful and honestly, girl, being on LinkedIn is how opportunities flow in. It's like if you're yeah, LinkedIn. That's how, that how this happens, literally. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Like people will find you on there. Um, and I'm just not. I mean, I wish I had knew that sooner because it it's like mm-hmm. that is where everything happens. All right. Um, so where do you see yourself five years from now? And do you have other interests outside of journalism that you'd like to pursue?
2: Sure. So in the next five years, I definitely see myself receiving my master's. Um, I'm going to say in journalism for now, but we'll see what the Lord says about that. (laughs) Um, Regardless of having a master's degree, I really am strong in um, higher education and just being able to be a forever learner. Um, Definitely being settled somewhere. I think I am really... I'm just trying to find where i want to be my home i feel like in moving a lot throughout my life and kind of being in different areas i want to figure out what really means a lot to me and where i can really be at peace and be successful um and i would say i'm on the bubble of eventually transition not now but probably like later in my career kind of transitioning to pr and marketing i do have experience in both um and i've worked on a, i'm actually working on a marketing campaign right now um yeah. but working on different campaigns things like that i really i love that i don't know i just love being able to be a creative and kind of put different things together um so that could be something down the road too, i'm kind of looking at i kind of do it now but you know taking a break from news and journalism which sometimes i do i'll go back to the latter um and overall my other pursuit would just be king's mindset. Um, that is really my heart and soul. And I think as I'm thinking now about, you know, my post-grad life and who I, you know, want to be once I'm, you know, no longer president of the organizations that I'm over and I'm out of it you know, who am I and who am I trying to be? Um, and the same message stands, like, I'm a true advocate for mental health and specifically mental health of Black men. And that's something I really want to um, stand firm on and continue to pursue throughout, you know out of college into my adult life, and how can I, you know, continue to make that prevalent.
1: Yes, that's beautiful. So, we are on the last question. Um, What are three pieces of advice you'd give to high school graduates or anyone looking to pursue print and digital journalism?
2: Sure. So, I would say the first one is to definitely block out Haters, (laughs) Haters. <laughs> um, which I feel like is so hard as a high school student because I don't know. Like I feel like when you're in high school and in middle school, you're very impressionable. And so everybody's opinion matters. Um, and that was kind of a harsh reality to me when I came to college. Like, oh, like they don't matter. <laughs> so mm-hmm. just remember, even if it doesn't look like it, look like it right now, people's opinions do not matter. It matters about what you think about yourself and you pushing yourself to be successful. Um, number two, I would say to be risky, which may, hopefully that's not taken out of context, but be risky (laughs) in the aspect of doing things that make you uncomfortable. Growth cannot happen in your comfort zone, so make sure that you are doing things that really, you know, kind of stand out and things that other people aren't doing, because that's what's going to help you um, just be more open and adventurous in the long run. I feel like Mm -hmm. life is all about experiences and what is truly making you happy just yes. be a little bit more risky, you know, even if your friends say no, they don't want to do it, do it for you, it's not about everybody else, sometimes it's not even about being on train, it's not about riding the wave, it's about you, and again, telling your own story. Mm-hmm. Um, the third piece of advice I would give specifically to media students, excuse me, if people trying to just pursue media, would definitely be to put yourself out there a little bit more, um, these kind of piggyback off of the other two, but I think, excuse me, specifically with media, <laughs> um, it's important to really do your research and kind of figure out what types of media are out there. Um, even in my peers here in college, I've noticed that a lot of people are just very gun ho on, okay, I'm just going to do this type of media and nothing else. That's all I want to do. Like, no, really open up and see what else is out there. Like, as a journalist, as a reporter, I've looked into sports. I've looked into weather. I've looked into political. You know what I'm saying? Like,
0: mm-hmm. try,
2: to try your hand at everything before you totally cancel something out will really make a difference. Yes.
1: Great advice, especially that last one, because I feel like when we first started our broadcast majors, it was like, oh, you got to be on the news, you got to be in the field, and it's like, that's not what I want to do, and when we would do video projects, we had to look a certain way, and I'm like, this is not me, so how are we going to merge my interests with the major, so great advice.
0: Thank you, Shadow, for joining us. Um, can you please let the people know where they can follow you?
2: Yes. So before I actually close, I just want to say thank you so much, Ray and Kier, for even having me. This was such an amazing experience. And I love connecting with other HBCU girlies and just media girlies. I think y'all are absolutely amazing. So just thank you again for the opportunity. Um, for those of you that have been listening this part into the podcast, you can go ahead and follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at C U R C-U-R-L-Y-B-L-A-N-C-O. You can also follow me if you are into pageantry on my pageant page at Black Indiana USA, um, which is also linked on my personal page as well. But I'm very open and approachable. Um, Please DM me if you have any questions about anything. I would love to be able to just network with you. Um, And if you are on LinkedIn, you can go ahead and send me a request that way. Please send a message, though, first, like, we probably connect you and don't explain it so please send a message first
1: with the linkedin yes. um, and it's just my first, last name which is sure awesome. yes period thank you we appreciate thank you. you guys you're welcome so thank you everybody for tuning in we'll be back again soon until then be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel that is yes black girl y-a-s-b-l-a-c-k-g-i-r-l and follow us on Instagram at YesBlackGirlSeries. Girl Series and follow Kiara and I at the only Raya and Unique Genre on Instagram. All information can be found in the show notes. So yeah, get into us. Until next time.
0: Yes. Later, YBGs. Bye.